Hello everyone, welcome to Knox Bedtime Stories. I'm your friend Joey, here with another episode to help you relax, feel safe, and fall asleep. It's 11pm or so here. I hope you're all feeling well this chilly December night. I saved a space for you here next to the fireplace, and have a fairy tale for you tonight called The Enchanted Ring. If you enjoy the podcast and find it helpful, please subscribe and leave me a kind review on Apple Podcasts or whatever program you use to listen. You can also support the podcast by becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month and join the growing list of supporters. There will be a second episode this week on Thursday and depending on how it's received and how many reviews and such it creates, it could become a permanent thing, so keep an eye out for that. I posted a short bio about myself at KnoxBedtimeStories.com, so if you go there and click on the About Joey link, I have a short bio and some pictures there, so you can get to know a bit about who's reading to you and why I created the podcast. Now for tonight's good news story. I had a really hard time choosing because there were so many, but a lot of them were very emotional and I didn't think I'd be able to get through them without bawling my eyes out, so I found this one which is both cute and funny. Rescue writes hilarious description for the world's worst cat. We thought she was sick, turns out she's just a jerk. That's what the Mitchell County Animal Rescue, MCAR, in North Carolina wrote about a cat that was brought to their shelter. Perdita, a four-year-old domestic shorthair, was brought to MCAR after the death of her owner. The staff quickly figured out her personality and decided to go with an honesty-is-the-best-policy approach. Here's the hilarious description the shelter wrote about Perdita. Meet Perdita, not for the faint of heart. Likes staring into your soul until you feel as if you may never be cheerful again. The song Cat Scratch Fever. The movie Pet Cemetery. Church is her hero. Jump scares her specialty. Lurking in dark corners. Being queen of her domicile. Fooling shelter staff into thinking she's sick. The vet agrees she's just a jerk. Dislikes the color pink. Kittens, yuck, they're so chipper. Dogs, children, the Dixie Chicks, Disney movies, Christmas, and last but not least, hugs. She's single and ready to be socially awkward with a socially awkward human who understands personal space. Free adoption. But as it turns out, the plan worked out and Perdita went viral. The shelter received more than 50 applications for her adoption. In a recent update, the shelter posted a photo of Perdita, now named Noelle, and her new family. MCAR said, Since being adopted, she has made a Grinch-worthy turnaround, having her heart grow three times in size. She loves her new family, and even bought MCAR a kitten condo with her allowance money. Joe and Betty have given Noel a wonderful home and life, proving that every animal deserves love. 
I hope that story brightens your night and sticks with you for at least a few days. Now on to tonight's story, The Enchanted Ring. Set to sleep-inducing music and this beautiful fireplace. If you're not already laying down, please do so in whatever way is comfortable. And let's begin. Once upon a time, there lived a young man named Rosemond, who was as good and handsome as his elder brother, Bramintho, was ugly and wicked. Their mother detested her eldest son and had only eyes for the youngest. This excited Bramintho's jealousy and he invented a horrible story in order to ruin his brother. He told his father that Rosemond was in the habit of visiting a neighbor who was an enemy of the family and betraying to him all that went on in the house and was plotting with him to poison their father. The father flew into a rage and flogged his son till the blood came. Then he threw him into prison and kept him for three days without food. And after that, he turned him out of the house and threatened to kill him if he ever came back. The mother was miserable and did nothing but weep, but she dared not say anything. The youth left his home with tears in his eyes, not knowing where to go, and wandered about for many hours till he came to a thick wood. Night overtook him at the foot of a great rock, and he fell asleep on a bank of moss, lulled by the music of a little brook. It was dawn when he awoke, and he saw before him a beautiful woman seated on a gray horse, with trappings of gold, who looked as if she were preparing for the hunt. Have you seen a stag and some deer hounds go by? she asked. No, madam, he replied. Then she added, You look unhappy. Is there anything the matter? Take this ring, which will make you the happiest and most powerful of men, provided you never make a bad use of it. If you turn the diamond inside, you will become invisible. If you turn it outside, you will become visible again. If you place it on your little finger, you will take the shape of the king's son, followed by a splendid court. If you put it on your fourth finger, you will take your own shape. Then, the young man understood that it was a fairy who was speaking to him, and when she had finished, she plunged into the woods. The youth was very impatient to try the ring, and returned home immediately. He found that the fairy had spoken the truth, and that he could see and hear everything, while he himself was unseen. It lay with him to revenge himself if he chose on his brother, without the slightest danger to himself, and he told no one but his mother of all the strange things that had befallen him. He afterwards put the enchanted ring on his little finger, and appeared as the king's son, followed by a hundred fine horses, and a guard of officers all richly dressed. His father was much surprised to see the king's son in his quiet little house, and he felt rather embarrassed, not knowing what was the proper way to behave on such a grand occasion. Then Rosemond asked him how many sons he had. Two, he replied. I wish to see them, said Rosemond. Send for them at once. I desire to take them both to court 
in order to make their fortunes. The father hesitated, then answered, Here is the eldest, whom I have the honor to present to your highness. But where is the youngest? I wish to see him too, persisted Rosemond. He is not here, said the father. I had to punish him for a fault, and he has run away. Then Rosemond replied, You should have shown him what was right, but not have punished him. However, let the elder come with me, and as for you, follow these two guards, who will escort you to a place that I will point out to them. Then the two guards let off the father, and the fairy of whom you have heard found him in the forest, and beat him with a golden birch rod, and cast him into a cave that was very deep and dark, where he lay enchanted. Lie there, she said, till your son comes to take you out again. Meanwhile, the son went to the king's palace and arrived just when the real prince was absent. He had sailed away to make war on a distant island, but the winds had been contrary, and he had been shipwrecked on unknown shores and taken captive by a savage people. Rosemond made his appearance at court in the character of the prince, whom everyone wept for as lost, and told them that he had been rescued when at the point of death by some merchants. His return was the signal for great public rejoicings, and the king was so overcome that he became quite speechless and did nothing but embrace his son. The queen was even more delighted, and fetes were ordered over the whole kingdom. One day the false prince said to his real brother, Pramintho, You know that I brought you here from your native village in order to make your fortune, but I have found out that you are a liar, and that by your deceit you have been the cause of all the troubles of your brother Rosemond. He is in hiding here, and I desire that you shall speak to him and listen to his reproaches. Pramintho trembled at these words, and flinging himself at the prince's feet, confessed his crime. That is not enough, said Rosemond. It is to your brother that you must confess, and I desire that you shall ask his forgiveness. He will be very generous if he grants it, and it will be more than you deserve. He is in my anteroom, where you shall see him at once. I myself will retire into another apartment, so as to leave you alone with him. Bromintho entered, as he was told, into the anteroom. Then Rosemond changed the ring, and passed into the room by another door. Bromintho was filled with shame as soon as he saw his brother's face. He implored his pardon and promised to atone for all his faults. Rosemond embraced him with tears, and at once forgave him, adding, I am in great favor with the king. It rests with me to have your head cut off, or to condemn you to pass the remainder of your life in prison, but I desire to be as good to you as you have been wicked to me. Bromintho, confused and ashamed, listened to his words without daring to lift his eyes, or to remind Rosemond that he was his brother. After this, Rosemond gave out that he was going to make a secret voyage to marry a princess who lived in a neighboring kingdom. But in reality, 
he only went to see his mother, whom he told all that had happened at the court, giving her at the same time some money that she needed. For the king allowed him to take exactly what he liked, though he was always careful not to abuse this permission. Just then, a furious war broke out between the king, his master, and the sovereign of the adjoining country, who was a bad man and one that never kept his word. Rosemond went straight to the palace of the wicked king, and by means of his ring was able to be present at all the councils, and learnt all their schemes so that he was able to forestall them and bring them to naught. He took the command of the army which was brought against the wicked king, and defeated him in a glorious battle, so that peace was at once concluded on conditions that were just to everyone. Henceforth, the king's one idea was to marry the young man to a princess, who was the heiress to a neighboring kingdom, and besides that was as lovely as the day. But one morning, while Rosemond was hunting in the forest, where for the first time he had seen the fairy, his benefactress suddenly appeared before him. Take heed, she said to him in severe tones, that you do not marry anybody who believes you to be a prince. You must never deceive anyone. The real prince, whom the whole nation thinks you are, will have to succeed his father, for that is just and right. Go and seek him in some distant island, and I will send winds that will swell your sails and bring you to him. Hasten to render this service to your master, although it is against your own ambition, and prepare like an honest man to return to your natural state. If you do not do this, you will become wicked and unhappy, and I will abandon you to all your former troubles. Rosemond took these wise counsels to heart. He gave out that he had undertaken a secret mission to a neighboring state, and embarked on board a vessel, the winds carrying him straight to the island where the fairy had told him he would find the real prince. This unfortunate youth had been taken captive by a savage people who had kept him to guard their sheep. Rosemond, becoming invisible, went to seek him amongst the pastures, where he kept his flock and covering him with his mantle. He delivered him out of the hands of his cruel masters and bore him back to the ship. Other winds sent by the fairy swelled the sails, and together the two young men entered the king's presence. Rosamond spoke first and said, You have believed me to be your son. I am not he, but I have brought him back to you. The king, filled with astonishment, turned to his real son and asked, Was it not you, my son, who conquered my enemies and won such a glorious peace? Or is it true that you have been shipwrecked and taken captive, and that Rosemond has set you free? Yes, my father, replied the prince. It is he who sought me out in my captivity, and set me free, and to him I owe the happiness of seeing you once more. It was he, not I, who gained the victory. The king could hardly believe his ears, but Rosemond turning the ring, appeared before him in the likeness of the prince, and the king gazed distractedly at the two youths, who seemed both to be his son. Then, 
He offered Rosemond immense rewards for his services, which were refused, and the only favor the young man would accept was that one of his posts at court should be conferred on his brother Bramintho, for he feared for himself the changes of fortune, the envy of mankind, and his own weakness. His desire was to go back to his mother and his native village, and to spend his time in cultivating the land. One day when he was wandering through the woods, he met the fairy who showed him the cavern where their father was imprisoned, and told him what words he must use in order to set him free. He repeated them joyfully, for he had always longed to bring the old man back and to make his last days happy. Roseman thus became the benefactor of all his family and had the pleasure of doing good to those who would wish to do him evil. As for the court to whom he had rendered such services, all he asked was the freedom to live far from its corruption and to crown all, fearing that if he kept the ring he might be tempted to use it in order to regain his lost place in the world. He made up his mind to restore it to the fairy. For many days he sought her up and down the woods, and at last he found her. I want to give you back, he said, holding out the ring, a gift as dangerous as it is powerful, and which I fear to use wrongfully. I shall never feel safe till I have made it impossible for me to leave my solitude and to satisfy my passions. While Rosamond was seeking to give back the ring to the fairy, Bramintho, who had failed to learn any lessons from the experience, gave way to all his desires and tried to persuade the prince, lately become king, to ill-treat Rosamond. But the fairy, who knew all about everything, said to Rosamond when he was imploring her to accept the ring, your wicked brother is doing his best to poison the mind of the king towards you and to ruin you. He deserves to be punished, and he must die, and in order that he may destroy himself, I shall give the ring to him. Roseman wept at these words and then asked, What do you mean by giving him the ring as a punishment? He will only use it to persecute everyone and to become master. The same things, answered the fairy, after often a healing medicine to one person and a deadly poison to another. Prosperity is the source of all evil to a naturally wicked man. If you wish to punish a scoundrel, the first thing to do is to give him power. You will see that with this rope, he will soon hang himself. Having said this, she disappeared and went straight to the palace where she showed herself to Bramintho under the disguise of an old woman covered with rags. She at once addressed him in these words, I have taken this ring from the hands of your brother, to whom I had lent it, and by its help he covered himself with glory. I now give it to you, and be careful what you do with it. Bramintho replied with a laugh, I shall certainly not imitate my brother, who was foolish enough to bring back the prince instead of reigning in his place, and he was as good as his word. The only use he made of the ring was to find out family secrets and betray them, to commit murders and every sort of wickedness, 
and to gain wealth for himself unlawfully. All these crimes, which could be traced to nobody, filled the people with astonishment. The king, seeing so many affairs, public and private, exposed, was at first as puzzled as anyone, till Bramintho's wonderful prosperity and amazing insolence made him suspect that the enchanted ring had become his property. In order to find out the truth, he bribed a stranger just arrived at court, one of a nation with whom the king was always at war, and arranged that he was to steal in the night to Bramintho, and to offer him untold honors and rewards if he would betray the state secrets. Bramintho promised everything, and accepted at once the first payment of his crime, boasting that he had a ring which rendered him invisible, and that by means of it, he could penetrate into the most private places. But his triumph was short. Next day, he was seized by order of the king, and his ring was taken from him. He was searched, and on him were found papers which proved his crimes. And though Rosemond himself came back to the court to entreat his pardon, it was refused. So Bramintho was put to death, and the ring had been more fatal to him than it had been useful in the hands of his brother. To console Rosemond for the fate of Bramintho, the king gave him back the enchanted ring as a pearl without price. The unhappy Rosemond did not look upon it in the same light, and the first thing he did on his return home was to seek the fairy in the woods. Here, he said, is your ring. My brother's experience has made me understand many things that I did not know before. Keep it. It has only led to his destruction. Ah, without it he would be alive now, and my father and mother would not be in their old age be bowed to the earth with shame and grief. Perhaps he might have been wise and happy if he had never had the chance of gratifying his wishes. Oh, how dangerous it is to have more power than the rest of the world. Take back your ring and as ill fortune seems to follow all on whom you bestow it, I will implore you as a favor to myself that you will never give it to anyone who is dear to me. Fenelon Thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast and found it helpful, please leave me a kind review on Apple Podcasts. It improves the show's rankings and helps others find it. You can also help by supporting the podcast via Patreon at KnoxBedtimeStories.com and clicking on the Patreon link or Patreon.com forward slash KnoxBedtimeStories. I wish you all a wonderful night's sleep and a happy peaceful life. Good night.